When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. It's Bird Steeler fans. What's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. I am excited for this show. We are excited for this week. The NFL Draft is coming up on Thursday, and you know that means that there's only two days of Let's Ride before this three-day selection process starts on Thursday night, round one, Friday, day two, rounds two and three, Saturday, the rest of the draft, rounds four through seven. We are going to be with you every single step of the way. I mean, on Thursday night, you're going to get myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Davis, the Steelers preview crew. We are going to be recapping the Steelers' first-round pick. I want to tell you all to follow us wherever you get your news on social media. We are everywhere. Instagram, Steel Curtain Network, Facebook, same. Instagram, I already said Instagram, Twitter, same. We're everywhere. YouTube, there. I also urge you to follow us on Fans First Sports Network. We are on Instagram, Fans First SN. You can follow us on YouTube, same thing. Twitter, same thing. If you're a Twitter user, also follow our NFL feed, FFSN underscore NFL. The reason why I'm telling you this is that this upcoming weekend, you're not going to want to miss a thing. If you're someone that loves the NFL draft, you're going to love our Steelers coverage. If you're someone that loves the entire NFL draft, meaning the entire NFL landscape, you're going to love our FFSN coverage. So make sure you're tuned in. You're going to get everything that you could possibly want right there in one place. 
I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. And that's why for this Monday show, I decided for my Monday morning conversation, you know, our Slack channel for the Steel Curtain Network, we were talking and our two NFL draft guys, you know, Jeremy Betts, Andrew Wilbar, they were talking about how they had so much stuff. I mean, on the Steelers fix coming up on Tuesday, they have player interviews. They want to talk about so much stuff. This is their Christmas. They, they love the NFL draft. They, they didn't feel, they felt like, geez, it could be two hours. I said, well, why don't I have you on the show for the Monday morning conversation? And they said, that would be fantastic. So that's exactly what we did. Had Andrew, Jeremy on the Monday morning conversation, and we talk about everything. Scenarios, rumors, what the Steelers are going to do now that Omar Khan's at the helm, trying to predict whether it's going to be aggressive, whether it's going to be a wait-and-see type thing. Make sure you take a listen to all of this show. It is really, really great. I think you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, coming up after this break is none other than Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. That's right, Jerome, for the Monday Morning Conversation. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. It is Monday. Time for the Monday morning conversation. Got an exciting show for you all today. The NFL draft starts this Thursday, and who better to have than our own Steel Curtain Network draft experts on? You all all know Jeremy Jerome Betts. Jeremy, what's going on? It's going great, man. Um, You know, I'm excited to talk this. this, uh, In the week of the draft, what are the the final thoughts we have heading into draft day? It's going to be fun. Yes, and every BTSE, SEN, whipping boy when it comes to poking fun at people it's andrew wilbar what's up andrew how's it going <laughs> going well ready for a week of no sleep but a whole lot of fun you know i gotta give you credit andrew you put yourself out there not a lot of people are willing to do what you do in terms of saying like you you make a stance you don't walk that line of well i didn't really say that so i give you credit for that and not a lot of people have the cojones to do that but you got the model mm. so that's good um <laughs> let's talk about this upcoming draft. And when I think about the draft, and this is something I spoke about on Friday, and I wanted to get y'all's take on it before we dive into some rumors and things of that nature. Day one starters. Okay. Day one starters. Now that is not someone that just contributes. That's someone that from Mm. the gate, like out of the gate, they are the starter. They are tabbed as a starter and they play that role as long as they're healthy. 
The Steelers don't, and under, at least under Mike Tomlin, don't necessarily like to do that. He has. You look at Najee Harris. You look at some other players. Marquise Pounty certainly fit that bill. When you look at this upcoming draft, and you look at where the Steelers, let's assume they stay at 17. Man, I, I, I'm looking at these players. You all know them better than I do. I'm going to go to Andrew first. Are there a lot of day, is there a lot of day one starting talent at that area in, in the draft? Yes or no? I don't think there's as much as there have been the past couple seasons, but I think what you were alluding to as well with the way the Steelers philosophically approach the draft, you look at the people the Steelers have brought in, even at offensive tackle. That's obviously a position that's been talked about a lot over the past month. It didn't look originally like I was hearing back at the combine, the Steelers could bring back the same starting five linemen, but then they go in and bring in Isaac Samalo. They apparently go after Orlando Brown and free agency. There were rumors about that. And they've been doing their due diligence on these tackles. But if you look at the tackles, the Steelers have spent the most time with it's been Darnell Wright, who has potential, but is in could start day one at right tackle, but not at left. You have Broderick Jones, the young left tackle, who's extremely raw. And you have Parrish Johnson, the guy who has a lot of talent as well, who might be able to start day one, but definitely is not, has not reached his full potential yet. The one tackle or offensive lineman, the Steelers haven't brought in at all or shown any interest in, is Peter Skaronsky, and he's the one guy who could start day one at corner. A Joey Porter Jr. can start. Uh, it, he's not completely there yet in all aspects of his game, but Christian Gonzalez, same thing. He's still extremely raw, especially in zone coverage, but has all the traits in the world. The one guy who may be the most ready of those guys is Devon Witherspoon. The Steelers have not brought him in, talked to him at any event that has been reported at least, which I find really interesting. So the Steelers, again, going with the same approach as usual of not, necessarily looking for just day one talent a lot of these guys they're looking for upside long term guys that don't have to necessarily start immediately and you know jeremy i don't know what you're hearing on some of these guys but if the steelers do go like say offense tackle or corner i think it's going to be more an upside option even we're hearing guys deontay banks tyreek stevenson guys that aren't necessarily ready immediately but guys who have potential long term over some of these guys that may be able to step in day one just don't have cb1 upside long term Jeremy, you agree with that? Do you think there's not a lot of day one talent at the number 17 spot in this upcoming draft? I, I'd say if if you have a run on certain positions, then yeah, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at grabbing a guy that you'll probably end up throwing into the starting lineup earlier than you want to um, just because of the, it's the nature of the beast. It's a first-round pick, and in this the modern NFL that we – watch and enjoy um that is a, a highly pressured situation for a team to say the Steelers do take a cornerback at 17 say it's Joey Porter Jr they're the we're going to want to see him start we're going to want to see him play uh as quickly as possible and if he doesn't start there you're going to start hearing questions of well why isn't he starting that they must not like him for some reason maybe this isn't going well and then you know, you get all of that uh, from the fans, but and maybe if it's an overreaction, but still, you're you're talking about a draft class that, despite having depth at a lot of positions, it's not very uh, high end at the top. So you're looking at some guys that uh, you're going to have to bring in and and not expect to be Pro Bowl caliber players the moment they step on the field. So this all ties in with the same thing I said on Friday. And I talked this out and tried to outline it for the listeners and basically saying that I said essentially what you all said, that I don't think there's a lot of day one talent in that area, especially positions mm -hmm. of need for the Steelers. However, I did say that might mean that they have to get aggressive and they yeah. might have to trade up and get that player if they deem him to be 
at whatever position, whether it's Paris Johnson at left tackle, uh, whether it is Devon Witherspoon, even though they haven't met with him, haven't communicated with him a lot. If they think that this one player is that guy for the next decade plus, you got to be aggressive. Now, Andrew, I'll throw it to you. You think the Steelers are going to trade up? I really hope not. I don't think it's going to happen. But if Jalen Carter ends up falling to nine, I still think there's a high probability that Seattle takes Jalen Carter. The intriguing scenario is if Arizona throws everyone for a loop at pick three and takes Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson, which I'm hearing is a possibility. If that happens and Will Anderson ends up falling to five, I don't think Seattle would pass up on him, which could cause a trickle-down effect. But if Jalen Carter's there at nine, the question is how much, you know, did the Steelers have to give up? I think based upon how the Steelers have approached free agency with getting rid of three linebackers, bringing in two guys, neither of which are great in coverage, it leads me to believe that they're going to bring in some sort of coverage linebacker, whether it be a Trenton Simpson early day two or a Servassier Dennis early day three. I think they're going to bring in a guy like that. So they, they're going to need picks. They don't have a starter at nose tackle. Uh, they don't have... For, they don't have a dead set piece to start at strong safety. They have Keanu Neal. They have people who can start, and that may be who they go with. But what if Sidney Brown is there at pick 80 if he happens to fall? I mean, do you really pass up on that? I feel as if if the Steelers trade up, I definitely think with their second pick, they would trade back. I still think that they're going to look to trade down at some point. That's just what Weidel has always done. I know that Khan is the one who is going to be making the final decision in terms of the draft board trading up and down. But I feel as if they are going to be more aggressive one way or the other. I get the sense just because of how the Steelers approach free agency. I don't see why it makes sense to move up for a guy like Carter who doesn't even fit the Steelers scheme unless they're wanting to transition to a 4-3 unit. I don't know where you play him in a defense like this. So I ultimately, I don't think it happens. I wouldn't rule it out just because the amount of reliable sources that are saying the Steelers have looked into this but i would be surprised if draft night the steelers move up at least that much if they move up a couple spots for a tackle or joey porter jr i can get that by working on an article for this week to, um for the website on kind of predicting the steelers draft board and based upon what i've heard where i think the steelers are ranking certain prospects and i i have a handful of guys that they might trade up a few picks for but Jalen carter is the only guy i could see them trading up say into the top 10 for okay uh jeremy do you think they trade up or do you think they just stay put I think they stay put in round one. I would say I would be surprised at this point if they make a selection at pick 32 um, because I think that they realize they have holes deeper in the draft. Uh, Round five and six, they do not have a pick. Um, They probably are looking to add another day two pick because they realize they have holes. And and like we said, this isn't a top-end heavy draft. Uh, So you're looking at more picks in the second, third round and then adding a few – uh, maybe a pick or two in that gap between round four and round seven, where um, they're going some 200 pick or some hundred and so picks without a, a selection. That's where I would say um, is the better plan. So, but 17, I think they stay put. I did an article recently for the website that uh, detailed five dra- draft day trade scenarios that they could do. And my um, top scenario is the Steelers trading out of pick 32 for a later pick on on day two and two day three selections, I think the way that um, the if you if you look at Jimmy Johnson's um, draft board where it, it discusses trade value and everything like that, his value board for for draft picks. If you look at that, you're looking at um, that that number thirty two pick 
is is worth almost 600 points according to this to this system and then even just uh 10 or so picks later in the second round you're already losing uh, almost 100 points in value that the Steelers could make up on day 3 of the draft and even later on day 2 so if they want to add picks, I think that's where they do it. But I don't see a trade-up scenario unless Jalen Carter somehow falls to nine. And even still, the Chicago Bears have shown a lot of interest in Carter themselves. Why wouldn't they go ahead and select him at nine if he falls to them? Well, let's talk about some scenarios. And this is something I'm, I've always been fascinated with. We know there's probably going to be a trade before the Steelers, whether it's Arizona, uh, maybe it's Indianapolis. I doubt it's Carolina, but you never know. Crazier things have happened, and you always hear, oh, we have a trade. And then once that happens, everyone's sitting on pins and needles like, well, what's going on? Who are they going up to get? Who is going up to get them? Let's assume, though, that everything is kind of still and there's no real movement. But at the same time, those quarterbacks that are on the cusp of, you know, we're talking, you know, Levis and and now Hendon Hooker is being talked about all the time as being a potential late round, first round pick. Let's say they they are not, they're, they're not selected yet, so they're not in the picture. And there's those runs on offensive tackles. There's the runs on cornerbacks and all the big six, as I like to call them, the three tackles and the three cornerbacks are off the board. And in that scenario, the Steelers could be sitting there looking around like, well, what do we do now? You know, yeah, Darnell Wright might be there, but is he that guy we want at 17? You know, Banks could be there, the cornerback out of Maryland. He, But is he that guy at mm-hmm. 17? Andrews, where I'm going to ask you, what do you think the Steelers do if that's the way the board falls in round one? If the three tackles and three corners are off the board, I think they would take Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee. And he's moved up on my board. Overall, he is my top tackle in this class now. Mm. The issue is that it is as a right tackle. And so if the Steelers are drafting him, you are drafting him with the anticipation of moving Chooks to the left side, which we've thought has been a possibility for several years. But the Steelers have never made that move. I, when I was back at the combine, the three hot names were Joey Porter Jr., Jordan Addison, and Deontay Banks. Three guys the Steelers showed a bunch of interest in early in the process. And I still believe the Steelers like Banks. But there's other corners that have been linked to the Steelers lately that they brought in for workouts. Uh, Juju Brents from Kansas State, who could be there at 32. Tyreek Stevenson, who Aaron Wilson reported could be in play at 17. But I feel as if 32 is more likely pick if he's still on the board there. I don't see the Steelers necessarily taking him at 17 unless the board really falls against them. I would say, if I had to bet on it, I would say Darnell Wright. But I wouldn't rule out a Deontay Banks or Tyreek Stevenson. That may you know, shock the world, but at this rate, there's a chance Darnell Wright isn't even there because of the teams that need tackle in front of the Steelers. I'm not saying that happens, but that's a possibility. But in this scenario, with just the top three tackles and top three quarters gone, my gut tells me that it would be Darnell Wright. Well, let me ask you this real quick before I throw it over to Jeremy and get his take on this. If Darnell Wright is it, it bumps up ahead of some of the other tackles, which one do you think falls? So, you know, you Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Peter Skaronsky, some people's tab is a guard. Our own Kevin Smith said he doesn't think he's a tackle in the NFL. He thinks he's more of a guard. Which player falls then if Darnell Wright, which I agree, everything you read, whether it's ESPN, across Twitter, everyone's bumping up right on their uh, draft board. So who falls then, Andrew? I would say Broderick Jones, if one of them falls, not because of the a lack of talent, but because of the fact he is so raw. He didn't interview the greatest at the combine, and there have been a few people concerned about his character. I haven't been in, like, I'm not in team meetings, so I don't know what all the exact issues are, but I know there have been people to complain about a few character concerns. So I think because of that, there is a chance he could drop. 
I don't. I still don't think he does because I know the Jets really like him at 13. The question is, can the Jets try to move back? They've been trying to move back for a couple weeks. If they get a team to move back, that that's the opportunity for Broderick Jones to fall. New England, nobody seems to know what they want. They need tackle, but then they're also interviewing Will Levis and they're bringing in B. John Robinson. Like you <laughs> never know what New England's going to do. But if the Jets trade back to another team that's moving up to get, say, a Hendon Hooker or maybe another position of need, maybe one of the top corners, I think there is a chance Broderick Jones could slide. So Jeremy, let's let's continue this conversation. If Broderick yeah. Jones is there at 17, corners are gone. The big three corners are gone. Darnell Wright's off the board because he's moved up. Do you take Broderick Jones in that situation or are you thinking about something else? No, I take Broderick Jones. I think you you load up with he fits the Steelers profile as a younger uh player with upside and uh, he immediately comes in and provides punch in the run game and he'll grow into that role. Um, and day one starter, best, Jeremy, is he a day one starter? I would label him as a day one starter. The Steelers might not because they like um, Dan Moore jr. Better than I do. And so they might select Broderick Jones thinking that he could, he doesn't have to be, get thrown into the fire right away because we've got Dan Moore jr. Who heading into his third year, we think, uh, another year under Pat Meyer, uh, another year of growth. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be all right. But I think you've got to consider that position for the future as well. It, I wouldn't say uh, Dan Moore Jr. is a guy that they bring back on another contract. So then you start to look at okay, Broderick Jones is maybe more of a 2024 starter option. But even still, um, he comes in and and he's he's probably an upgrade at left tackle. Whether the Steelers see it that way or not. I would say so for sure. They don't like to start rookies. Not a lot. They really don't like to start rookies, but yeah. it's going to be interesting. Uh, Andrew, you said you've been hearing some rumors. I, I'm, I'm always a, a rumor guy in the NFL. What are you hearing right now about the Steelers on the week of the draft? Well, I've heard the same things about Tyreek Stevenson as other outlets have already reported. I do believe, and this is something that I put out on Twitter last week. And some people are like, you know, where are you getting this? I do believe that the Steelers are split as to what they want to do early in the draft. I believe the front office based upon the few people that I spoke with, even back at the combine. And I'd spoken with Max Starks for a few minutes, got to talk to him. He was talking about how he could have seen the Steelers bringing back the same starting five offensive line, but he's like if in the scenario where the Steelers do decide to revamp the offensive line, don't rule out center early on. And when you look at the amount of interest the Steelers have shown (laughs) In the centers, it's amazing. They brought in yeah. Steve Avila, who some people are pegging as a center. I have him as a guard, but a guy who is probably going to go late first round at this point with the amount of teams that need center. He's a possibility. John Michael Schmitz was the name that came up to me when Max Starks was talking. That was the guy that he mentioned. The Steelers have shown interest in him. Even guys like Jake Andrews later on in the draft, a guy I'm really high on out of Troy in the later rounds. This seems like a position the Steelers could address early on. Uh it pick 32 if the Steelers don't go offensive line with their first pick I believe based upon what I've heard they're going to go with some sort of lineman at 32 and they're not going to trade back if they don't go lineman at 17 whether that be Dewan Jones from Ohio State a guy that I believe that one of the Steelers maybe it was even Mike Tomlin Jeremy I don't know if you remember but the Ohio State pro day he was called out for not finishing one of his reps and it was one of the Steelers uh, assistants I believe who had mentioned something to him about that then again, though, the Steelers brought him in for an interview. The Steelers seem to really like DeWan Jones. But again, he's another right tackle. The Steelers are interviewing a lot of these right tackle guys. I don't think DeWan Jones can play left. 
So I have questions about that. Anton Harrison, another guy who could be in play at 32. But I think John Michael Schmitz is a possibility. Luke Whipler, not so much. Steelers haven't shown quite as much interest in him, even though he's a younger prospect. But Joe Tipman is a guy the Steelers really like, a longer, more athletic center. He would fit more of a style of what the Steelers prefer in their centers with top-end athleticism. Schmitz is not an athlete. But I do believe they could go there. And of the corners, the corners that make sense, the three I mentioned a minute ago, Julius Brents, Keely Ringo, and Tyreek Stevenson. Any of those guys are in play at 32. I just don't know how high the Steelers value them. I know there have been talks about him potentially being in play at 17, at least Stevenson. But I could see that, that being the spot where they trade back. Because I we know the Steelers are going to get calls for that 32nd pick. Every year, any team who has that first pick in the second round, teams are going to be looking to move up for that mm-hmm. guy who falls out around one that was unexpected. We see it every year. The Steelers will have an opportunity to move out of that 32nd pick. It's just a matter of how far back it is and how badly they want to move out. Let's say a guy like Brian Breesey is there. I don't know. I don't know where he fits in this defense either, but the Steelers have shown a bunch of interest in him. They brought him in for a pre-draft workout. They were at his pro day. They interviewed him as pro day. They interviewed him at the combine. They've shown more interest in him than probably any single prospect in the draft. But again, where do you play him? And they've shown interest in Mozzie Smith as well. A guy that I would love at 32. So there's so many positions they could go at, but I believe don't rule out center. Cause there's a lot of buzz surrounding the Steelers and center and they could just choose to revamp this offensive line once and for all and go tackle and center early. What do you think about that, Jeremy? There's a lot of rumors there. Are you, you buying any of that, or are you just passing on all of it? Here's what I buy is that Andy Weedle is now the uh, assistant general manager in Pittsburgh, and uh, he comes from Philadelphia where they build the trenches. And so <clears throat> when you hear talk that the front office wants to uh, solidify that offensive line, I believe that. I really do. And I would assume that they want to solidify the defensive line as well, which is why you see all the interest in Mozzie Smith, Keanu Benton, all that. What interests me, though, as far as rumors go, is Mike Tomlin's infatuation with some of the edge rushers in this class. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the real wild card in round one for Pittsburgh is, are those cornerbacks gone? Okay, let's look at offensive tackle. Oh, those offensive tackles are gone. We're at 17. This is a an edge rush class that has some depth to it, and there are multiple guys who could be labeled first-round picks. It's all going to depend on what these teams obviously do early, and if they make runs on cornerback and offensive tackle, you're going to see guys like Lucas Van Ness fall down the draft board. You're going to see guys like Nolan Smith potentially fall down the draft board. And those are guys that are wild cards to me for the Steelers. And Mike Tomlin's thought process of let's add a – some depth at edge rusher. It's been a theme. They tried to bring back Bud Dupree, uh, but the they weren't comfortable with the physical. So I'm very intrigued to see how that one goes. That's the that's the rumor I'm keeping my eye on. What are you going to say, Andrew? This is what makes the Jalen Carter thing so interesting, though, because it picked nine and ten. Let's say the Steelers don't trade up, and the Bears have a chance to take him at nine, but they feel tackle is the bigger need. They have to protect Justin Fields. Paris Johnson is best friends, literally, with Justin Fields. What if they take Paris Johnson there? Philly has a huge need at defensive tackle. They could take Jalen Carter, which would then allow Lucas Van Ness to trickle down the board. A guy the Steelers yep. have shown a bunch of interest in. We're at his pro day, interview him at his pro day. And there's been a lot of buzz surrounding him. And when you look at the edge rushers the Steelers have brought in, typically we think uh, it's going to be the typical 3-4 outside backer. The Steelers didn't only bring in, didn't only interview Lucas Van Ness, but a guy on day yep. two they've looked at is Keon White, another 4-3 defensive end. So it's very unique the way the Steelers are approaching their edge rushers. They're going for athletes, but they're going for athletic 
4-3 defensive linemen with longer frames, bigger bodies, yeah. not the typical guys the Steelers have had in the past that can drop back into coverage, can do a little bit of everything, that are your typical 3-4 guys with top-end athleticism. I think that's what's interesting because Philly could always surprise us all and take B. John Robinson at 10. Then Lucas Van Ness still yeah. slips. Jalen Carter could slip. I mean, if even if Chicago takes him, then they if Philly takes Bijan at 10, Lucas Van Ness is going to slide. If he's there at 17, do the Steelers take him over a tackle? It, that's what makes it so interesting. Jalen Carter literally controls the entire draft right now for teams that are picking in the teams. It's a situation where, and you all can correct me, I'll throw it over to Jeremy here in a second because you all follow it way closer than I do. This season, this draft seems like maybe more so than others that the Steelers have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. And it there, there's really not that one glaring need. If you're going to say there's a glaring need, most would say it's cornerback. And everyone that says it's a very deep class, if you don't get him at 17, you'll still be able to get a pretty good one with their two second round picks. But Jeremy, you agree with that sentiment that this year the Steelers can cut just kind of like, well, let's see how things pan out because we know it's going to be crazy. It's crazy every mm-hmm. year. You, you think their approach to day one is kind of like, you know what, we don't have to move unless there's someone we absolutely want to go up and get, that we can kind of let things come to us. Do you agree with that? It's more open this year than others? Yeah, I do. And I think that you're looking at a team that I personally believe has drafted in the first round for need for the last five or six years almost without fail. Uh, you look at um, – you look at Artie Burns in 2016. To me, that was, oh, we recognize cornerback as our biggest need. William Jackson III just got snatched away from us. We still need that cornerback. We're going with our next best guy at cornerback. even heard Kevin Colbert say that. He was our next best guy at cornerback. He didn't say our next best guy on the board. So, uh, And then Najee Harrison in, in 2021. The talk all offseason was they need backfield help. Uh Mike Tomlin said, we need to get better at the running back position. That was what it was. Um, Yeah, go back to Devin Bush. They traded up for him. Linebacker was their biggest need. So I think that they've been doing that um, kind of under the radar a little bit the past few years. And this year, having that second pick in early day two is just – it opens up a world of possibility for them because they can kind of let the board fall to them. They can – take best player available. I really think they could do that within a four or five position group um, set and really be in good shape going into the second round. Still, if you don't get corner or offensive tackle, you can still get somebody like that in the second round and then offensive or or let's, let's talk about linebacker. We're talking off ball linebacker a little bit earlier. Um, There's some guys in the middle rounds that have, uh, intrigue to them for what the Steelers look for in linebackers. So I think that they could really take a, a hard look at these guys uh, at edge rusher. Uh, Will McDonald, the the fourth, is, should be on the table at pick 17 for them as well. They went to his pro day, and nobody goes to Iowa State pro day. They made it a point to go over there and do that. If you listen to the Steel City Insider, uh, Wexel, Jim Wexel was uh, all on board with him being the, the pick at 17 because – the Steelers go to Iowa State. That means they're looking to pick this guy if he's available to them at some point. Maybe they're hoping he's there at 32. But in any case, I think that it's very intriguing. I think they can let the draft board fall to them, especially in the first round. There shouldn't be any panic there because if you miss on corner, you can get Keely Ringo. You can get uh, Tyreek Stevenson. You can get Cam Smith. Uh, you can even wait a little bit and get uh, Smith's uh, 
teammate Darius Rush, um, guys like that. There's there's plenty of options down the board. Andrew, you agree? Pretty wide open heading into Thursday. I do, and that's why I wouldn't rule out even the possibility of a trade back at 17, depending on how the draft board falls. I know there aren't any rumors to like confirm that, but it would just make a lot of sense if the top corners and let's say the top four tackles, including Darnell Wright, if they happen to be off the board. At that point, if you're looking at Deontay Banks, which I know the Steelers like, Tyreek Stevenson, which I know they like, but if there's all those corners, if there's a bunch of corners they like, Julius Brents, Keely Ringo, and there's a bunch of them available, why wouldn't you trade back if you have similar grades on them? Try to get extra picks then, and then if you don't have a, a trade you like at 32, you can stay at 32 and get a guy you probably have a first-round grade on that's still available at 32 and get two guys you have a first-round grade on. That's where... That's what intrigues me. I don't know what teams are going to necessarily move up. The Giants were a team that were rumored to at one point, but now it looks like they're looking to trade back as well. There obviously has to be a partner to go up. I'm looking at uh, teams in the later round that could use a tackle. Even Kansas City, they have a lot of draft picks. They could move up, but the question is, would the Steelers want to move that far back? I wouldn't rule it out, though, because of how open it is, and the Steelers could really go a lot of different spots. They haven't shown that much interest in linebackers outside of Trenton Simpson early on, and they didn't even bring him in for a 30 visit as far as I'm aware of. But there's so many options. Mozzie Smith, we mentioned him. We mentioned a lot of these guys already. I do think, though, if the Steelers are going to trade at one spot, it would be 32, but I wouldn't rule it out because of what you said. It is so open, and the Steelers haven't given like a clear path as to what they want. I still think Joey Porter is probably the most likely pick if he's there at 17. The question is, is he there because of the amount of teams that need corner? But we know someone's going to fall. Not everyone can go ahead of the Steelers. <laughs> but based on probability, probably 50-50 shot that he's there. Jeremy, you want to add something? Yeah, I did. I I think um, when you're talking about trading back in the first round, we're talking about partners to look for potentially. I think it, if the board falls as as we're talking about it right now, these tight ends are going to start falling down the draft board as well. And this is a, a maybe not a generational tight end class, but it's pretty close. And you've got a lot of players that are a lot of teams in the back half of the first round that are looking for, obviously, that next piece of the chessboard to put them over the top as a contender. Would, would Buffalo see Dalton Kincaid as that type of guy who can come in and, and partner uh, on the outside with uh, Stefan Diggs and, um, you know, what they have there with the other pass catchers. Uh, maybe um, Jacksonville sees it that way. They want to go get up, go up and get a tight end. Or uh, the wide receivers start falling down the draft board like it looks like they might, and some of these teams go up and get wide receivers. So if you're looking for teams to maybe come up, go look for those, some of those teams that need help at tight end, need help at wide receiver, they might be your – uh, more willing partners. And uh, if they start falling, you might start seeing some, some teams say, well, let's just go get this guy. Cause we know that he's going to, going to help our team right away. Let's go get one of these guys. What's crazy is that when you talk about all these names, like you're bringing up these positions, pass or the edge rushers, you know, there it's a great class, tight end, great class, cornerback, very deep. They're, they pick 17th. Like there's not six. I mean, 16 players are going to go before the Steelers get a chance yeah. to pick unless they trade. They're going to have options. I think sometimes Steeler fans hear this talk and they think, oh my gosh, everyone's going to be gone. That's impossible. Someone's going to be available. Let's see how it plays out. I do want to ask you all one quick question before I let you all go. Andrew, give me a player. Doesn't have to be on the Steelers radar just in general. That is his trending up in a strong way. And then also the opposite. Someone that stock is trending down 
in a and give me a reason why. Go ahead. We'll start with you, Andrew. I think a guy who's trending down is Will Levis, a guy who's got he a puts bunch mayonnaise of- in his coffee. He deserves yeah. to trend down. That's <laughs> disgusting. That is disgusting. He has a bunch of talent, but like even posting these weird pictures of him online and what he had done to build his body up. You have questions about you know that diva mentality when he was asked the question at the combine, you know, why are you throwing? And he's just like, oh, I got an arm. I'm gonna. I want to show it off. I'm like, is that the best answer you can give, dude? I mean. I, I don't know. I, I did not get great vibes from listening to Will Levis at the Combine. And I feel he could drop as far as maybe a little 11 to the Titans. He could fall a little bit. I don't know if Hendon Hooker would necessarily go ahead of him, but it's something to keep an eye out for. There's a lot of guys that are rising. I mentioned Tyreek Stevenson earlier. Mozzie Smith mentioned him earlier. I would say the centers and the guards, Joe Tittman is a guy I mentioned earlier, but because of the teams that need center in the late first round and early second round, you look at Seattle at 20, you look at the Giants at 25, and then beginning of that first round with Indy, uh, you have Arizona and the Steelers right there. I know Tony Pauline mentioned something about this as well. A lot of teams that could be in the center market, that I think we could see a run on centers there. Joe Tipman and John Michael Schmitz, they were guys we thought, oh, they're for sure going in the second. I think they could get pushed into the first because, like we said, there's only 15 to 17 players in this draft everyone seems to agree on our first-round prospects. Everything else, we're going to see some surprises at the end of the yeah. first round, and we're going to see probably a couple surprising trades as well. Just hard to pinpoint what they are, but all of this we'll have covered with content on the website this week, especially the big board. And shout-out to Dave Bartolini as well. He has been working on a website that is going to kind of display everything on the BTSC big board. And we'll give more information this week as to how you can go and utilize that to your advantage as you're tracking things throughout the weekend of the draft. Yeah, I'll be using that because when they draft someone that I have no, that I have no idea who the hell they are, I'm just going to type it in and be like, Oh, there it is. I can read that on the, on the show. <laughs> but Jeremy, who's your riser and faller uh, heading into Thursday's round one. So um, riser for me is Cedric Tillman. He's actually getting some late first-round buzz at this point. Uh, he's wide receiver from Tennessee. A lot of people have been talking about Jalen Hyatt, the other Tennessee receiver that has all the speed in the world, slider build, though. So, you know, is he, is he a role player that's just going to fit one thing? Cedric Tillman was injured in 2022 and didn't get to really show uh, or continue to show what separated him as a top receiver uh, prospect in 2021. There has been a lot of push as the draft gets closer uh, to go back and watch Cedric Tillman's 2021 tape and teams love it. He's a big dude. He can run all the routes. He works the intermediate and the, and the deep portions of the field. Well, as a bigger body, uh, good, good guy in the red zone. So you're talking about uh, a guy that's going to draw people's attention and wide receiver. We've seen it rise as a premium position more than it ever has in recent years. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what teams do at the back end of the first round. He's a guy that's that's rising for sure. And a guy we talked about, or, or Andrew mentioned earlier, Keon White, who at the beginning of the draft process, many thought, man, he's going to test through the roof this, this uh, pre-draft process. He's going to show off what makes him such a special athlete at, at his size and uh, how bendy he is and everything. And nothing from Keon White has stood out in, with the best of the best as far as athletes. And then you start to talk about um, him playing at Georgia tech and, and his limited experience and 
limited repertoire and and now he's starting to fall down boards so i would say it there's a lot of edge rushers moving up he's one falling down he's probably going to go in the late second early third round at this point unless some team is just like well uh we're going to believe the the hype from the beginning of the offseason and go and take a risk and just get him before somebody else would but those those would be my guys that i'm hearing about perfect jeremy real quick yes or no question Yes or no, do the Steelers draft a wide receiver in this draft? No. Andrew, same question. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. This is interesting. I like it. All bet. right. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> bet? I said bet. Let's go. Oh, okay. Do it. <laughs> well, let's, uh, I'll give Jeremy, I'll give you an opportunity to say what's coming on the Steelers fix. And Andrew, I'll let yep. you outline what you're working on for behindthesteelcurtain.com because I know you'll both have a lot of stuff going. So Jeremy, go ahead. What's coming up on Tuesday? Well, Andrew and I are going to give our very diverse uh, ideas of what our top or what our favorite uh, drafts would be for the Steelers. I don't know. They might not be that diverse. We'll we'll get to it on the Steelers fix, obviously. But we're going to talk uh, some what we're expecting to probably happen, some predictions as far as the draft goes, and then kind of uh, bounce that against what we hope would happen for the Steelers. So you're definitely going to want to, to check that out. It's going to be an episode, really a, a pre-draft primer, everything you need to know going into the draft and we'll have a couple of interviews on that nice. episode as well. Very good. Andrew Wilbar, what's going on behind the steel curtain.com this week. Got a lot of big board action. We have the defensive linemen and inside linebackers. They'll probably be coming out early in the week. And then uh, before the draft, whenever Mr. Jeff Hartman puts <laughs> it up is going to be the top 250 draft board that we do every year. Extremely long article, but if you want insight on any of these draft prospects, we'll have them there ranked analyzed everything you need to know about them. And then I'll have a couple other articles. One that I was talking about earlier about ranking the Steelers draft board, an ideal seven round Steelers mock draft, kind of what we'll be talking about on the Steelers fix about what ideally I would like to see happen. And then on Thursday will be the final seven round NFL wide mock draft 5.0, which I'm always looking forward to. That will probably come out Thursday. Um, but always, uh, always a good time of year, but a lot of content. Be sure to check out the website each and every day this week. It's going to be a lot of stuff from not just me, a bunch of different writers at the website and a lot of different perspectives. For sure. Thank you all both for taking the time. I appreciate it. Make sure you check them out on the Steelers Fix on Tuesday, and you'll be hearing more from them on the Steel Curtain Network as we go through the draft. They'll be giving their thoughts and takes throughout the three-day process, so be on the lookout for that. Gentlemen, thank you very much, and enjoy the draft. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
And a big thank you to Andrew and Jeremy for taking the time and being a part of this Monday morning conversation. Hey, they're busy guys, you know, and they've got a lot to do coming up. I know they're doing a ton of work for the website, and they're doing a ton of work for their Steelers Fix podcast. You're going to hear them as well uh, doing some recaps on picks and days and things of that nature. So make sure you're tuned in to all that good stuff. Um, Yeah, make sure on – the only thing I can think of at this stage is because we're all so excited is that on Tuesday, make sure you're checking out my Twitter feed at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, and be on the lookout for that tweet for the mailbag segment. All you have to do is respond to that tweet. I will answer your question live on Wednesday. It'll be your last chance before the draft, folks. So make sure you're paying close attention to that tweet on Tuesday. I'm excited. I know you are too. So let's finish it out the way we always do here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go see you. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.